The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas Radio Network. Live from the gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Have you guys survived the weekend? We took a couple of days off, and now we're back rejuvenated and ready to go on this uh, after the big Super Bowl weekend here in Las Vegas. We welcome you to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program, coming to you live and direct from this gaming capital and this sports capital, and I'll even go as far as saying the Super Bowl capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, from the South Point Studios station at the, uh, obviously, the South Point Hotel Casino Complex right here on uh, Las Vegas Boulevard, your fabulous strip. And what a weekend it was. We welcome everybody that are watching and listening to us on the South Point feed on YouTube, of course. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. And all of our listeners on all of the other different platforms, our websites, uh, podcasting, and of course, your phone apps, and and of course, uh, anywhere else you get it. So we welcome you to the Race Day Show. On this Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday, it's all kind of landing on one spot. So we uh, we uh, uh, naturally uh, give our condone uh, our congratulations and our happiness for everybody out there who is going to be celebrating um, Valentine's Day, and of course your significant other. Make sure you take care of them, and of course Ash Wednesday for all of the folks that are Christians and Catholics out there as well. So we welcome you to the show on these uh, holidays. That's for sure. We have another holiday coming up on Monday, President's Day, and as a result of that, there's going to be a lot of racetracks that don't run on Monday that will run on Monday. That includes Santa Anita and Aqueduct and several other racetracks. So when Santa Anita starts tomorrow, and they're picking up Thursday as a result of a cancellation uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, you're going to add a Thursday card from Friday. So the Thursday card will give us a five-day straight running at Santa Anita depending on the weather again. Right now, it's beautiful in Southern California. In fact, beautiful for most of the country. I know that the East Coast had a had a ton of snow that went by uh, yesterday, but that was a fast-moving system, and it's out and gone by now. And it looks like it's pretty clear around the country today, that's for sure. But they predict uh, maybe some more uh, snow on the East Coast and some rain uh, in the uh, West Coast a little bit later on in the week, so we'll wait and see and keep an eye on that, but everything should be okay today for racing around the country. And of course, uh, as I say, Santa Anita will pick up a special racing day tomorrow as a makeup day, and it'll go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, President's Day, as well as many of the other racetracks. Well, this week coming up, uh, we have, of course, uh, two more uh, Kentucky Derby point-getting races. Uh, that is, of course, the Risen Star at uh, the fairgrounds. That'll be pumped up now. This will be the first one that offers 50 leaderboard points for the winner of the Risen Star. The Sunland Park will have the Sunland Derby. That'll have uh, 20 Kentucky Derby leaderboard points. And as far as the Kentucky Oaks, uh, won a race this weekend for the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Oaks uh, points. And that is, of course, um, the Rachel Alexandra, also at. Um, fairgrounds and that will be also a 50 point getter so you got 50 point uh, for the kentucky oaks 50 point for the kentucky derby on a big uh, saturday card coming up at the fairgrounds these are the two races that will start the uh, elevated 50 point uh, getters and of course sunland park has their 20 points in the sunland derby and uh, across the pond 
at uh, Maidan Racecourse in Dubai, the UAE Oaks is a race that's going to have 50 points for the Kentucky Oaks uh, as well there. So we got some uh, races, of course, that uh, will provide uh, points uh, for the leaderboard, both uh, for the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. Reminding you now, we're in uh, right around the 11-week uh, period. We're about 11 weeks away from the Kentucky Derby and the Kentucky Oaks. So now it starts to get very, uh, we start to really pick it up with the uh, points and the horses that are pointing towards the Kentucky Derby. As far as this weekend, uh, Saturday, Aqueduct has a couple of stakes races. Gulfstream Park has won grade three. Oaklawn Park will have a stakes race along with Santa Anita and Turfway Park. Tampa Bay will have two stakes races. Laurel will have four stakes races. They have two regular stakes and two grade threes. And the fairgrounds is the place that everybody will be uh, focusing on this Saturday. They have six stakes races on their card at the fairgrounds. They'll have uh, two uh, stakes races followed by two more grade twos and uh, two more grade threes for the six stakes races there. So this will be a a weekend to look at uh, the fairgrounds for uh, Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks considerations. Also. The uh, fourth uh, in the um, uh, rounds of uh, Kentucky Derby future books will be underway on Friday. The fourth pool, the paramutual pool for the Kentucky Derby, will uh, be on Friday. And that will start on Friday uh, around the uh, country. But remember, it's paramutual, which means no matter when you make the bet in that race, you don't lock in the odds until the paramutual pool is closed on Sunday. Remember that. This is not like the future book odds you get here in Vegas. When you make the bet, you lock in the odds at the time you make the bet here. And you can make that paramutual bet also here, but it'll be in the Kentucky Derby paramutual pool at uh, Churchill Downs. Uh, A couple of other things uh, to to talk about, but uh, I want to really kind of wrap up what happened here in Las Vegas over the Super Bowl week. I got to tell you, I don't think any other town has ever done the Super Bowl like Las Vegas has. And I know we're here in Las Vegas, so um, you might think we're a little prejudiced. But everybody who was here from all parts of the world and all parts of the country, no matter who you are, if you were a superstar or a regular Joe coming to uh, Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, everybody, everybody without a doubt that I talked to had a great time. And mostly here at the South Point, I can tell you this, this place was rocking and rolling. All the exhibit halls, all the big, uh, you know, ballrooms, all the lounges, uh, the race book, the sports book, the showroom, etc. It was all with big screen TVs on the Super Bowl. The place was packed. People were having a great time, having fun. And the Super Bowl parties were here. For 90% of all the Super Bowl parties, they were free. There was one invited guest party for the VIPs. All the rest of the parties here were free with people coming in early to reserve their seats in their respective parties. And the food and beverage prices were unbelievably uh, low. They were just, uh, it was amazing what they did here for the uh, regular public that wanted to come out and enjoy the Super Bowl. It was a fantastic success. As far as the town and the records here, well, first of all, they had a record uh, betting on the Super Bowl in Nevada of $185.6 million. That's um, Eclipsed the 22 record of 179,879,800,000. It was the most watched TV show in the history of television. 123.4 million people were watching this game throughout the uh, country. As far as the uh, bookmaking side of it, 182 total Nevada books won $6.8 million on that handle of uh, over 185 million which was a 3.7% profit margin there. And the two biggest bets that the books got hit by as far as uh, the payoffs here in Las Vegas were uh, the side of Kansas City, uh, you know, betting Kansas City itself, and the overtime prop. Now, remember, we were talking about that overtime prop where you bet that the game will go overtime. It did, and there are a lot of people that bet that, some of them as a saver bet, others just as a, a bet that they thought this game was tight enough, as I did, to uh, maybe get get into overtime, and it did. So those were the only two big losses for the books overall. Um, There were eight bets across the nation that were of million dollars or more. Five of those were bet in the state of Nevada, and of those million-dollar wagers, 
two were on the Chiefs, three were not. So they made money there. And as far as the, uh, the, the volume of people here, well, we thought we'd get between 350 and 370,000 people. They say now it reached well over 400,000 people that were here over the weekend to watch the Super Bowl. And that, of course, led to a record crowd of people in the airport on Monday leaving Las Vegas. And uh, by the way, if you were one of those regular people, you were counted at the airport. You might not have been one of those regular people because there were 525 private jets that flew out of Las Vegas after watching the Super Bowl here uh, after the Super Bowl. And one, a couple of more um, quick notes about it. There were 300, 300 NFL Super Bowl sanctioned events all over this town during the Super Bowl week. 300 of those events all over the place. There were over 100 national and international broadcast stations here and an estimated 14,000-plus stories and features on both the Super Bowl and Las Vegas that week. And the economic impact, well, they say the spending could be over $1 billion and the economic impact of uh, the Super Bowl here in Las Vegas. What, What a game and what a time. I can tell you that, that's for sure. All right, back to racing. As I say, we're now heading towards our, our march to the Kentucky Derby, about 11 weeks away. And uh, all I can say is, uh, you know, the big races uh, this weekend will be at the fairgrounds. But we have some other news that we're going to get to as well. Uh, John Nardoon is with us. We have Rich Eng going to wrap up the uh, Super Bowl as far as uh, his look at the uh, betting sites and all that. And, of course, uh, we have... Uh, John Lendo is going to give us an update on Southern California racing. There's a couple of stories coming out of Southern California uh, that we want to talk to with uh, uh, John Lendo about. And, of course, uh, Jerry Jackowitz will be along again with another edition of his, uh, his uh, betting strategies for you guys out there. So we got a lot to cover after taking two days of rest and relaxation. Boy, I mean, we really needed to kick back and not do anything, and we did just that. Uh, we'll start off with this uh, Wednesday show, Marching Ahead, from uh, the South Point Studio. So don't go away. Happy Valentine's Day to all the better halves of all of the entries out there. We know who you are, and you know who you are, and it's your special day. So happy Valentine's Day to you all, and of course, for all you Christians, and uh, Ash Wednesday as well. We'll be right back. Don't go away. From Las Vegas. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on race day on this Valentine's Day, race day, Las Vegas show coming in from Vegas. So we've got a couple of uh, quick notes for you. Casa Creed has been withdrawn from uh, the race that he's going to run in in the Saudi, uh, the Saudi uh, race due to a fever. So he won't make the uh, February 24th race, the sprint race there. Uh, Casa Creed is going to stay home. However, White Abario and National Treasure are already on their way to Saudi Arabia for the Saudi Cup. White Abario worked on Monday at Santa Anita in 47.40 before he stood, uh, took his uh, plane flight. National Treasure, which also took that same uh, plane flight, worked uh, 101.60, and they both left uh, California Tuesday, so they're probably already there in Saudi Arabia. Remember, that race comes up a week from Saturday, the Saudi Cup, and uh, we'll wait and keep uh, track on what's going on there. Uh, let's get started with the racing menu of racetracks available today in the race book, simulcast centers and racetracks around the country. I want to remind you, the first post times we broadcast on the show each and every day, the first post times in the menu, racing menu, are always the Pacific start times, because that's how they'll roll out here in our race book at South Point later on today. 
So if you're listening anywhere else, like on our websites, racedaylasvegas.com.vegas.world.global, your iPhone, your Android with the KSHP phone app, on your podcasting, wherever you get your podcasting, or at our anchor radio stations, uh, KSHP Sports Talk 1400 AM and 107.1 FM, or right here where you're watching us now at the South Point Studios uh, location on YouTube, wherever you're at, not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. Don't want you to miss anything, of course, like I miss mom and dad. Okay, here we go. Here's the menu for today. We begin with Parks Racing. Parks Racing has a pick five jackpot carryover today of $24,663. Ten races today at Parks and a first post time of 9.05. No, no, 9.05 at Parks Racing today. Coming up next is Gulfstream Park. Gulfstream Park has uh, nine races as well. Gulfstream Park's uh, pick six jackpot carryover, the rainbow jackpot carryover, stands at $99,868 in the first post time at Gulfstream Park of 910. 910 first post time for their nine races. Tampa Bay Downs is next. Tampa Bay Downs uh, has nine races as well. Their first post time is 925, 925 at Tampa Bay. Uh, they have a super high five carryover there of $2,304. That at Tampa Bay today. First post time, 925. Then next comes Mahoning Valley Racecourse. Mahoning Valley Racecourse has a pick six jackpot carryover, $2,879. First post time, 945 at Mahoning Valley for their eight race card. Turf Paradise, Phoenix, Arizona. Had a big weekend there, Turf Paradise, I understand. Turf Paradise uh, has uh, eight races today. The first three will be quarter horse races. And, of course, the last five will be Thoroughbreds. That makes up the card there at Turf Paradise today. And uh, their first post time with a pick six jackpot carryover of $12,776 is set at 11:35. 11:35 at Turf Paradise. Turfway Park has nine races today. Turfway Park has a super high five carryover of $1,620. And they also have a pick six jackpot carryover of $27,573. Nine races at Turfway Park, first post time 2.55. Penn National will be next. Penn National kicks in with their first post time of eight races at 3 p.m. Penn Nationals uh, has a carryover in their Super High Five jackpot, $6,225, 3 o'clock first post there. And then uh, we wrap it up, Charlestown races. Charlestown has a pick six jackpot carryover, $40,711. First post time, Charlestown for eight races set at 4 p.m., 4 p.m., First post at Charlestown, and that is the racing menu for today. Right now, no cancellations, as they shouldn't be, because the, uh, the weather around the country looks good. But unfortunately, it looks like we're going to get some more winter weather coming in a little bit later on. But right now, first things first, let's go out to Jonathan Ardoon standing by. Jonathan, uh, I do believe that you might have pulled out a snow shovel yesterday. <laughs> you certainly needed it early in the day. It was amazing. It came down and it, uh, it had like seven inches uh, by one o'clock, but by five o'clock, it was all gone. It warmed up. It rained a little, but today it is freezing and whatever was left is turning to ice. So that's not so good. No, it isn't because uh, that means slipping around there. So watch, uh, watch them when you're out there, though. But uh, and down uh, at, to where uh, New York is at, Aqueduct, although they're not racing today, it's it should be good uh, for the first part of the aqueduct season, uh, or, or the aqueduct meet days this week, though, right, before it gets to the weekend? Yeah, there, there's a chance of uh, snow over the weekend, but uh, I actually i am in Long Island today, and it is beautiful. It's just, again, very cold, and uh, the next few days it'll be okay, but the, the question's going to come Saturday and Sunday. Well, we know that uh, the uh, the races with uh, some leaderboard points for both the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks will be centered on the fairgrounds in New Orleans this week. They got six stakes races there. The Risen Star, of course, is going to give uh, fifty points, fifty points now for the Kentucky Derby leaderboard. So it's going to shake up the leaderboard. Whoever wins that race, that's for sure. Uh, Asmussen and Pletcher uh, both have a uh, couple of uh, horses entered in there. I guess your man Brad Cox just has one. But what Cox has, he's got he got him surrounded in the Rachel Alexandra, which is the Kentucky Oaks 50-point getter at Fairgrounds this weekend. He has three uh, Phillies going in that race. 
He does, and uh, they're high on a couple of them. So, you know, we'll discuss that on Friday and Saturday like we usually do. We go over those stake races, and uh, let's see what happens. But, uh, again, now's the time of year when the, the points start increasing, and uh, there's a lot more interest, I think, in these races. Now, Jonathan, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, uh, Maydan Racecourse. Of course, they'll have the Dubai World Cup coming up. But uh, on Friday, this is Friday, this is uh, two days from now, they'll hold the UAE Oaks. And that has 50 Kentucky Derby, uh, Kentucky Oaks, I should say, 50 Kentucky Oaks points uh, attached to it. Uh, and I didn't hear of any American horses uh, getting out there. So I'm assuming that it's all Europeans that are going to try to get uh, some uh, leaderboard points for the Kentucky Oaks there. You would think so. And this year, for some reason, not so much excitement as far as the Phillies are concerned. You know, in years past, I think they had a little more interest, but doesn't seem to be anyone really at the head of the of the class at this point. But again, we got plenty of time. We got 11 weeks. So a lot's going to happen. And uh, let's see who decides to step forward. Well, I know that uh, you were you did a yeoman's job over the weekend. You had five sheets on uh, Saturday covering all the races there. There weren't that many tracks uh, available for racing on Sunday, uh, and everybody was done early, of course, to make way for the Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, uh, what do you got for us today? You got some uh, races for us at uh, in Florida? Well, we have a Gulfstream selection and a Tampa selection. Let's do the Gulfstream selection first, Ralph. We're going to look at the eighth race today. It's five and a half furlongs on the Tapita. And I love the number six horse in here, Chloe's Toy. Uh, this is a four-year-old filly who was claimed out of her last race by Jose D'Angelo. Rider switch today to Jose Ortiz. She's listed at seven and two on the morning line. I think she's a pick six, pick five, pick four single in today's eighth race. Number six, Chloe's Toy. Uh, again, Jose D'Angelo and Jose Ortiz in the eighth race. D'Angelo is doing a, he's a, kind of running a little hot down there, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing exceptionally well at Tampa. He's hitting at uh, close to, I think, 35%, but his barn certainly started to heat up at Gulfstream. And when he gets going, pay attention because uh, he sends out nothing but live horses. All right, so in the eighth race today at Gulfstream Park, number six, Chloe's Toy, the sixth Chloe's Toy. In the eighth race at Gulfstream, and oh yeah, he's got that guy named Jose Ortiz aboard, so that's going to help out, that's for sure. All right, Tampa Bay, talking about Tampa. Let's go to race number five, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf, and I like the number two horse in here, Lipinski Union. Four-year-old gelding from the McLean Robertson barn, Kevin Gomez aboard to ride. This is an improving horse, getting better with each start. He had trouble in his last race at Tampa. He's listed at a ridiculous 8-1 to one on the morning line. Look for number two, Lipinski Union, to upset and win today's fifth race out of Tampa Bay Downs. Well, it's a, it's a race that has 14 in it before any scratches, so you would think that maybe this horse will hold that 8-1, to one, don't you? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a wide-open race. It's a terrific betting race. You can make a case for a lot of horses. I gave this horse the edge because he's drawn inside, and I think he's going to work out a great trip in here. All right. Uh, now, you know, I, we know that Wednesdays is usually, usually your soapbox day, so if you have anything to, to complain about or no. nothing? No soapbox Everything. today? No soapbox, sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's okay. It's it's a nice, it's refreshing. Oh, I know why. Sincere soapbox, otherwise, yeah. I know why. I know why there's no soapbox today. It's Valentine's Day. You're going to be kind exactly. to everybody today. We're taking the high road today, Ralph. <laughs> well, I know your significant other there, so you make sure you take care of her today on Valentine's. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. <laughs> She's Anyhow. smiling in the background. Anyhow, Thank you, you wish her a happy Valentine's Day on behalf of yeah. all of us here. And, of course, uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Stay safe and be well. You got it, my man. All right. We're going to come back with uh, Rich Ang. He's been doing a yeoman's job for us all through the Super Bowl. And he did pick the right side with Kansas City, although it didn't look that uh, way for most of the game. But, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll be back with uh, Richie to talk about the uh, Super Bowl uh, the aftermath of it and, and all the betting and all that stuff there to wrap up uh, Super Bowl 58 when we come back on the race day show. Don't go away. 
Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is committed to helping our nation's heroes and their families in their darkest hours. When a first responder or veteran doesn't return home and leaves behind a young family, Tunnel to Towers supports them. The Foundation... South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse... Alrighty, back on Race Day Las Vegas on this Valentine's Day, and now we're going to go right out to Rich Ang standing by, who I'm sure was resting quite comfortably Monday and Tuesday to get rejuvenated for this coming week. Rich, good morning. Hey, good morning, Ralphie. And uh, yeah, Sunday was pretty good because, uh, you know, I gave out the winner of the last race before the Super Bowl, yep. Cali Bay, mm-hmm. Santa Anita, and then uh, we kicked into the Super Bowl, and uh, it's more fun when you're on the right side because uh, two years ago I had the Philadelphia Eagles and they lost a shootout to the Chiefs on Sunday. I had the right side. Chiefs uh, held on in a real gritty performance against the 49ers. The key in winning the game? Well, I, I think there were a couple of keys, uh, and, and they're keys that people aren't really talking a lot about. One was in the uh, second quarter. The linebacker, uh, Dre Greenlaw, tore his Achilles tendon running onto the field. This was about uh, nine minutes left in the second quarter. And the reason I, I point to that injury, one, uh, he was one of their best defensive players, so they lost him for the rest of the game. And two, they had assigned him to cover Travis Kelsey on uh, you know the pass patterns, and he did a great job in the first half. In fact, Kelsey's statistics... Uh, in the first half, he had one catch for one yard. But in the second half, without Greenlaw and some adjustments in the uh, uh, Chiefs offense, they were able to throw the ball to Kelsey at will. And he ended up with like nine catches and really key catches during the, the second half and overtime. I thought the second uh, incident that really uh, was a major uh, issue in the game was uh, in the second half, the first possession by the Chiefs, Mahomes threw an interception. He tried to force the ball into Kelsey, overthrow him, and it was picked off. And I sent a text to my brother. I said, you watch. After this, uh, he's going to talk to Andy Reid or vice versa. And in situations like that, Mahomes, instead of trying to force the ball in, is going to start running. Mm -hmm. And that's when Mahomes took off and ran most of his yardage in the second half. He did not try to force the ball into tight coverage. He ran. And was a huge, uh, he ended up being the rushing leader for the Chiefs beating Pacheco. But his legs really generated a lot of offense in the second half and in overtime. Well, I know uh, there was an instance uh, in the game where Kelsey came over the sidelines and actually was really angry with the coach and actually bumped into him. And I thought to myself, uh, you know, this does not look good. But uh, what did you uh, determine from that? When I saw that, yeah, it kind of made me laugh a little bit because Kelsey is uh, hes a real high-motor high type of uh, football player and person. And, uh, you know, him and uh, Andy Reid, obviously, he, he's played most of his career for Reid. They know each other like, you know, father and son. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take it to be a real negative as far as, uh, you know, Kelsey uh, getting out of line. But, you know, because Andy Reid after the game kind of laughed it off in the post-game press conference, he says, that's just Travis, and he was just trying to to, to get a point across to me. <laughs> uh, and, you know, and once, you know, and, and that was after the, um, that was after the fumble by Pacheco in the red zone. You know, for people who played the over 47 and a half round, there were two plays in the first quarter that had to, to burn their, you know, burn their tickets up. One was the red zone fumble by McCaffrey on that first drive when it looked like the 49ers we were going to ram the ball right into the end zone. And then Kansas City on the comeback, after a long 50-yard completion, we were in the red zone, and Pacheco fumbles the ball. So that was potentially between 6 and 14 points that were taken off the board uh, on the total. You know, I, I heard a lot of people say with the uh, with the loss at uh, San Francisco that they didn't think that the, the San Francisco um, uh Coaching was as uh, as good as uh, obviously the winning Kansas City, but uh, 
I got to tell you, they were they were pretty much manhandling them the first half. I don't know what happened in the second half, but the first half, uh, you know, San Francisco was doing their job. Well, also, uh, you know, I, I think any questions about Brock Purdy being, in quote, a game manager, I think you can throw, you know, those comments out the window. I thought Purdy played very well. Uh, when he left the game after the last possession in regulation, the 49ers were leading by three. They had a chance to win, but the defense couldn't hold. Kansas City kicks a field goal to tie the game. And then overtime, again, uh, uh, Purdy's last possession, he gets points on the board. 49ers lead by three. Mahomes comes down and scores a touchdown. So, you know, Purdy played certainly more than well enough to, to win the game. And anybody who thinks he's not a good quarterback is, well, I, I don't know what games they're watching. Well, we all know that after the game, between all of the uh, celebrity uh, things that happened between the Kansas City and, uh, you know, uh, Miss Swift and, and all that other stuff, uh, Mahomes, everybody was talking about Mahomes displacing uh, Brady as the GOAT. Well, we know he's the GOAT right now, but he still have a, a few more uh, Super Bowls to get to that plateau, right? Yeah, he's got three Super Bowls, and Brady, I think, ended up with seven, six with the Patriots, one with Tampa Bay. But, you know, I think Mahomes, to me, answered a, a, a major question. He is not only the best quarterback currently in the National Football League, but in my mind, he is the best player in the National Football League, you know, regardless of position. I mean, you know, great players make players around them uh, play better. It, you know, it doesn't matter what sport, football, basketball, hockey, baseball, great players make others better, their teammates better, and he does that for the Chiefs. They, they rally around him, obviously. Yeah, no question about that. And by the way, at 28 years old, he's got plenty of times to get more rings on his fingers, that's for sure. If this uh, particular team stays intact, and that's always a question in the NFL, but uh, it was a heck of a Super Bowl. I know this town really, uh, you know, uh, Goodell uh, just said he was so impressed with what we did here for the Super Bowl that uh, it's almost a guarantee that we're going to be in a rotation for the Super Bowl here in the future. Yeah, and, you know, just a couple of points about the Chiefs. Uh, you know, if, if you remember last year when they beat, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Chiefs started five rookies on defense. And, you know, they, they kind of played, uh, they look like rookies at times against the Eagles, and they still managed to win. Those rookies were second-year players this year, and they played a lot better. So they've got a lot of key players under what we call rookie contracts, which means their uh, their salaries are lower and their player controlled. So the Chiefs are in a pretty good position to continue this uh, type of great play moving forward. The salary cap means that you have to lose players from time to time. And uh, a couple of years ago, they had to uh, to move uh, uh, the kid to uh, Miami. Uh, I forgot the kid's name already. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but you know, you try to recover by doing other things to improve your team and the Chiefs improve their defense. Well, all I can say is it was a one heck of a uh, football game, that's for sure. And, of course, these um, bookmakers here wished that that strategic extra point that was missed wasn't missed because that enabled the scoring to stay uh, just pretty much uh, even with, with the scoring possibilities. And it wound up that this Super Bowl was only the second one in history that actually went into overtime. And that overtime bet was uh, bet by a lot of people in this town as a popular prop, that's for sure. And uh, they're cashing their bets now. Yeah, the overtime came in. Also, uh, you know, during the course of the week, uh, one prop I talked about was, uh, will the game margin end up on three? And that was like five or six to one. It did end up on three. And, uh, we spent one day talking about the final score, uh, what, you know, the score would be for either side. And the one thing I talked about was that if you think 47 and a half is an accurate total, both teams are probably going to score somewhere in the twenties. And that ended up being, Right on the spot, twenty-five, twenty-two. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, Forty-seven and a half, though. You had make sure you got the under on that one. That's for sure. Yeah, stuck in. But uh, anyhow, it was a great Super Bowl, and Richie, you did a great job for us all through the NFL season. I know, but uh, that season is over, and now you will take the withdrawals uh, for the NFL and wait till uh, you know the uh, preseason in, in August. But in the meantime. We're cranking it up for what this town will have a big party as well, and that is March Madness for college basketball. And we will rely on you to give us, uh, you know, get us all, uh, you know, 
caught up with what's going on in college basketball as that day gets closer to us in March Madness as well. Yeah, I actually have some future book bets in my pocket uh, already uh, on the college uh, basketball, but I'm going to buy some more once we get closer, you know, to, to the fields. And I'll, I'll tell you three teams that I have in my pocket and the price I have. I have UConn uh, at, believe it or not, at 18 to 1 to repeat, and they're playing fantastic basketball. Yeah. I also bought Marquette uh, at 18 to 1, and I believe. They have a chance to be either, a, 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 if not a one seed, then a two or a three seed. Mm-hmm. And I bought Kansas at fourteen to one. So those are three teams I bought. I mean, those are those are good prices. They're not like sixty to one like I had last year with yeah. uh, Miami of Florida and San Diego State. But still, uh, very strong teams. They're going to be one or two seeds uh, the way it looks. And once they get into the tournament, with that kind of a buffer as far as the uh, odds are concerned, you could start doing a little saving bets uh, as they uh, come through the uh, tournament as well. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, you, you know, it, when, you, when you play the tournament like I did last year, I, I had three of the four uh, Final Four teams in my pocket. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like playing roulette, quite frankly. I, I, it, it, it's almost impossible to buy one ticket sure. and say that team's going to win the title. I, I had six teams uh, going into the tournament mm-hmm. last year. I was very fortunate to get three of them through to the final four. But it's kind of like roulette. you got to buy a few numbers. Absolutely. Just get a good price when you're doing it, that's for sure. And don't forget, folks, uh, we'll get Richie back into the rhythm for horse racing, obviously. This is Race Day Las Vegas and our March to the Kentucky Derby, now 11 weeks away, Richie. So uh, start looking at that leaderboard for the Kentucky Derby horses as well. I want to thank you so much, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, I have a horse. Do you want a horse? Yeah, absolutely I do. I didn't think you'd have one today. <laughs> I, I thought you'd be on the couch recuperating, but go ahead. No, uh, I tell you what, uh, uh, I'm going to uh, piggyback on Jonathan and the fact that in race eight at Tampa Bay Downs, I like the number one horse, World's on High, seven to two in the morning line. I believe his Tampa Bay horse, he picked Kevin Gomez to ride. Mm-hmm. Well, jockey is Kevin Gomez also, so hopefully he has a nice day. But uh, let's try the one, World's on High in the eighth at Tampa. Uh, always, always uh, have enough time to get a horse from you guys, that's for sure. Tampa Bay Downs now, the eighth race, number one, Worlds on High, the one in the eighth race. And uh, for our sake uh, here on the race day show, we hope Gomez at least has two winners today. Yeah, and he's got more amounts. I think he can do an Ecuador, meaning three or more. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, thanks a lot, my man. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Good luck, everybody. All right, coming up next, uh, John Lindo is with us. He doesn't have a Lindo report today. He will starting tomorrow for five days straight when Santa Anita runs their five-day run. But uh, I want to talk to John about a few things happening in Southern California. So don't go away. We'll be right back on this Valentine's Day race day show. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse. The race day Las Vegas show. The only exclusive South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our race book is completely separate from the sports book and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All right, back on Race Day Las Vegas for this uh, Valentine's Day Wednesday, and we're now we're going to go out to John Lendo standing by. John Lendo, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. Can you hear me okay today? I certainly can. Everything's working fine with you. We have a few gremlins going on with the uh, with the uh, the brakes, with the uh, bumpers, and the uh, commercials, but uh, you're doing fine. Uh, listen, uh, I know that you survived now. Uh, from one half of the house to the other, but uh, at least one of you guys were in a happy mood after Sunday's game. 
That was a great game. We had a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, uh, every, both sides of the family got to root during the game. That was the main thing. Yeah, it was a good game, that's for sure. And uh, now we move uh, to uh, back to horse racing. And, of course, uh, the Kentucky Derby, 11 weeks away. Now we're getting serious with not only uh, the leaderboard points that are coming up that are higher now. This weekend we get to the 50-point level for at uh, least uh, one of those races for the uh, future, future book. And, of course, the future book, don't forget, opens uh, the Parimutuel one opens on Friday. But uh, also, uh, you know, we're talking about looking ahead to these uh, races, et cetera, as well. But there's uh, a few things going on in Southern California right now. And I got to tell you, there are two uh, news items that I saw that kind of raised my eyebrow. First of all, and it was with two trainers that are from uh, California. Jonathan Wong got a two-year suspension for whatever he did. Dan Blacker in Southern California, he's going to suffer a 90-day suspension and a fine of $15,000 for, for what he did. And uh, was there that much of a difference between the two violations? Uh, two completely different issues, Ralph. The first one, Jonathan Wong, uh, last June he had a positive test for the medication metformin. And we've heard that one in the news a few times. It's a, it's a medicine that's prescribed for diabetes. And he originally had uh, claimed that, you know, that he was prescribed that and he, it was contamination. And then uh, so they went to the provisional suspension. And in the hearing, all of a sudden, he kind of got away from that, that claim that it was a, a contamination because it was his, his medication and he, then he pointed out, well, you know, a groom that I have that's down in Mexico was prescribed that. And they just, I guess the, uh, the adjudicating, the arbitrator didn't like how the flow of the, the explanations were going. So they enforced the rule. Uh, so he got two years for that. That was from a positive last June. Uh, since then, there have been three different metformin positives for other trainers that were thrown out because, uh, the labs, you know, they have, four or five different labs that do the testing for the Haiwu groups. And they were very inconsistent on, on what levels they were testing for. So it's a really, uh, you know, it's a, it's an ugly situation. It's, it's uh, something that isn't very consistent. Uh, but Jonathan Wong is going to take the worst of that. So he uh, dating back to June one, I think it is, or, or July one from last year, he'll have to sit out two years now. So that, you know, that's basically a death sentence if you're a trainer. Well, John, uh, you know, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, you got to, whatever story you do in front of, uh, you know, people are interviewing you, if you want them to make you believe it, and if it's true, you'll have no problem repeating the same thing over and over again. But when you start burying it, that's when uh, they get a little suspicious, that's for sure. All right, Dan Blacker, 90-day suspension, $15,000 fine, and this is for reporting? Is that is that reporting uh, for workouts? In California, whenever you're going to have a horse workout or race, you have to get the pre-race, pre-workout veterinary exams. Well, apparently between the period of, of January 1 of, of 2022 or, or you know, whatever that period was, for yeah. a period of... of um, it was January 1, 22 to July 1, 23, and they say, they say there were right. 527 violations. During that period, he had horses work 789 times. Ooh. Of those 789 works, they say 527 did not have the pre-workout exams. My question to you, Ralph, is how did they, how did the CHRB, the California Horse Racing Board and their enforcement groups, allow this to go on for such a long period of time for one, the same trainer? Are they not looking at the information before these horses go and race to make sure that these these things have all been done? The, the traders are all jumping through the hoops. The owners are jumping through the hoops. And if you've got to provide all this information, if they had found out maybe after the first one or two that he, he didn't do it, forgot to do it, or the vet forgot to post the uh, vet exam report on the site, then they could have corrected that pretty quick. And uh, I'm not going to take all the blame away from Dan Blacker because obviously – 260 times they did file the proper workout reports. But, you know, to let it go over 500 times before they finally reeled, reeled this in and now to give him 90 days, I got to think I'd love to see what uh, is happening to the enforcement crew and the CHRB. Somebody dropped the ball or some group dropped the ball. So there's a lot going on on this one as well. 
You know, and I wonder too, uh, you know, Dan Blacker in his barn, I mean, he, he did, uh, like you said, uh, quite a few of them the correct way and what he had to file or whatever. How does he, uh, you know, get to a point where, you know, you can't forget when your horses, I mean, uh, you know, I've worked in many uh, shed rows where uh, the, the, in the tack room where the uh, trainer's, uh, you know, office is, there's a big calendar on there with horses' names and when they work out and et cetera planned workouts anyhow and and so if you're supposed to file the day before somebody uh, doing the filing uh, probably dropped the ball there as well well yeah all the trainers have training charts on their desk they, yeah. they monitor and have a like i say a calendar of dates of what they're going to do you know i'm not again i'm not going to say it was not Don, dan blacker's fault because i don't know but maybe it, it's the vet team that's supposed to to post this information after they do the pre-work exam Maybe it's an assistant that's supposed to handle it. Somebody dropped the ball. I don't know who did, uh, but the fact it took so long to find this and to figure it out and and to finally get to this thing and yeah. and issue the penalty that that's that concerns me quite a bit. That's where you got to you, you know the penalty is done already, but that's where you got to look at and say there there was a hole in the system here and we gotta we gotta sure it up whether it's on one side or another or both sides. That's for sure. Uh, you know that. Uh, integrity and the and the trust in the game starts to uh, ra- raise its ugly head in there that's for sure also i understand that uh, golden gate uh was supposed to run on monday presence day in uh, you know at the same time in concurring with uh, uh with uh, santa anita but they don't have enough horses that were entered in the races or they think they don't for uh monday and they've already canceled that racing day for uh, presence day Right. We've had a few of the trainers move down to Southern California, knowing that June is going to be when Golden Gate closes. Guys like Brendan Galvin, Ed Moger. Uh, there are a few guys that are down in Southern California now. Uh-huh. So the horse population is light up at, at Golden Gate. So they will race Friday, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the normal schedule. But they don't have the horses they don't think for the extra day Monday. So as opposed to trying to string something together, they're just going to sit Monday out. Well, let's hope the weather participates and cooperates over the weekend there because Santa Anita with an extra day scheduled for tomorrow and a makeup day. We're going to get five straight days of racing in Southern California, something that was normal not too many years ago, but is uh, exceptional uh, in these days and times. And of course, your Lindo report will be covering them all right here at the uh, South Point. Uh, so thanks a lot, John, uh, for the report. And uh, we'll, uh, t- we'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it, Ralph, and we'll talk Santa Anita. You got it, my man. Now, listen, we were going to go to a break, but we're going to bypass that break. We have uh, some glitches going on, not to mention the fact that I want to get Jerry Jackowitz on as well. So let's go right to Jerry Jackowitz. Jerry, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Ralph. Well, uh, you know, we were uh, you've had uh, several segments on Wednesdays now and uh, some other days uh, during uh, the, the past week, week and a half, uh, or two or three weeks that... Uh, we had enough time to talk about some of the strategies you have in betting, and you've got another one now. Yeah. Um, sometimes we end up in a race where we have uh, multiple horses we like, and one of them might be 20 to 1 or higher. And uh, we might feel it has some chance to win, but probably not. You know, probably a good second or third. And we don't do enough with those kind of horses. Uh, particularly when you have like a a horse that you like in the race that you feel has a good chance of maybe three or four or five to one. Um, some of the best re- results I've ever gotten in all my years when I think back about it, when I hit a long shot with a with a three to one or four to one or five to one, and I started to learn to play play for that all the time, uh, whenever it came up because it was so lucrative. And particularly now we have ten cent superfactors back. Uh, when I started playing, there were no superfectors, and then when they came, they were expensive, and you had to have a big bankroll to really take advantage of the uh, superfectors. And until later on, they were hard place for me to get involved until I got really uh, successful. But um, getting started now, where you have a tensed superfector, um, it's a phenomenal, you know, phenomenal leverage. For example, if you have a horse that you think is like twenty or thirty to one. And you wanted to play it for third or fourth, um, you could wheel that horse, that long shot in the fourth position for $50.40 in a 10 horse field. And the way that would be is you would go all, all, all 
to the horse you like in the fourth position. You, that's how you call out your ticket. And let's say it's the, the, the 10 horse. So it'll be all, all, all 10 for a 10 cent superfector. That's 504 combinations, but at 10 cents, that's 50 bucks. And then if you did the same thing in the third position, because you want to do trifectas, it would be all, all to that horse. That would be 1072 uh, combinations for $36. So all of a sudden, these are very manageable numbers. Um, you could easily make, um, like, for example, if I wanted to play a, a long shot, uh, a 25 to one shot um, across the board, I, that's actually now a play I could, you could never make in the old days because show bets are so stupid. But you could make an all, all to your horse, and then you could put the same amount to win in place on it, or half the amount to win and the same amount to place, and you could have a win, uh, an across-the-board bet that you fashion with a long shot by simply going all. Oh, by the way, the math on it is easy if you want to figure it out. If there's a 10-horse field and you want to play a horse for third, uh, it's 10 minus the one you're using. So it's 9 times 8. 9 times 8 is 72 combinations times the cost of the ticket. And if it's a 10-cent uh, superfecta, uh, it'd be uh, $7.20? No, no. $7 so it's, would be... With a 10-horse field, it would be nine horses in the first position, eight horses in the second position, seven horses in the third position. So that comes out to 504 combinations or $50.40. Because if you're putting in a super factor, you're putting it in the Oh, in other position. words, I thought you were just talking about putting it in the third spot only. I see. I understand. Yeah. Now, if you're playing the super factor, yeah, you can put it in the third spot, but you still have to have an all in the fourth spot. to. Oh, that, you're talking about uh, super factors. If super factors yeah. is... Three positions, trifectas, it's two, two positions, positions plus the horse. Yeah. Well, it's really, really fantastic value there for you guys to play with. Well, and the best play, just real fast, the best play for me is to be hooking it up with a horse I really like, and then that changes the whole math down in your favor by so much. By liking somebody else in the race and playing two horses, it reduces the cost phenomenal so when you have a key horse that's a good price that would be the way of doing it instead of betting a place or show bet just uh, use the other horses in the exotic that special exotic uh, pool to try to hit a home run i understand that that's for sure right absolutely yeah all right well uh i want to remind everybody here real quick that uh we've got uh, those uh, sports shows on uh, uh the uh, south point studios uh feed here at uh, youtube and it, they're still going on and they're going to start cranking it up for march madness and of course punchlines with Frank Nicotero, be along here at uh, noon, and of course, Sports by the Book, uh, it'll be along here at 3 to 4 o'clock today, so make sure you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, until tomorrow, uh, Jerry has one more thing to say. Say it, Jerry. Have a great race day, everybody. <laughs>